Occasionally they spent some time listening to the apostles teaching and when they could they met together for fellowship for the breaking of bread and prayer or came upon some of them but there were no signs and wonders. All who believed were separated into groups and kept themselves apart in all they did. They would hoard their possessions and gods and show indifference to those in need day by day they went about their lives as individuals, only meeting weekly or fortnightly in temple. They broke bread at home, alone and ate their food with cold and empty hearts, giving token thanks to God. They were held in contempt by all the people, and day by day their numbers dwindled, and it seemed that few were being saved. This is not the word of the Lord. Acts 2, 42-47. They devoted themselves to the apostles, the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mark. Right, so uh, before we get cracking, and uh, I'm, I'm going to get you to do some work now. So um, I can hear hear plenty of chatting. I'm sure that there'll be that that, that means that there'll be uh, lots and lots uh, to to say. So you know what? I'm just going to come around and pick on you. I'm not going to. So you guys over here, what did you what did you notice? One one thing that you noticed. No signs and wonders. No signs and wonders compared to lots of sign and wonders. Yep, fantastic, brilliant. How about, how about you over here? What did you notice? <laughs> One was longer than the other. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that's true. There's lots more words like occasionally and things like that every fortnight. Uh, brilliant, okay. How about you guys over here? The first one's depressing, yeah, you'd kind of much rather be in the second one, wouldn't you? Yeah, brilliant. How about you guys? So here we've got just all coming upon some of them, so here everyone was filled with awe, so this is really incredible. Yeah, fantastic. So everyone was filled with awe compared to just some. Yeah, brilliant. How about you guys? Yeah, okay, so it was radical, but it was also attractive. Fantastic, yeah, really good observations. Okay, uh, Malcolm, with your sticker over your forehead, I'm going to make you the spokesperson of this group. <laughs> and um, giving 
token thanks to God they were held in contempt for our resistance. Giving token thanks, holding. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't just kind of going through the motions. It was a real praise. Yeah, fantastic, brilliant. You guys at the back. I'm sorry you don't get to hide, but cold and empty hearts. Yeah, not 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 great com- compared with the glad and generous hearts in the other one. Yeah, fantastic. Yes, yeah. So the, 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 the real one in, in Acts 2 is growing daily. The other one is, is dwindling and declining. Fantastic. Brilliant. You guys at the back. Anyone here? Chris, don't look so like you've been deer in the headlights. <laughs> he did it in a different voice. Well, that's true. Yes. I think, Mark, Mark well done for conveying the, the, the kind of boredom of the, of the first one. Yeah, brilliant. Anything from, from, from you guys here that we haven't said already? Brilliant, yeah. So they were doing it together. It was a group thing. It wasn't just a, a, a kind of... Uh, I think it says that they, um, they, they, they broke bread at home alone in the, in the, in the unauthorised version. Yeah, fantastic. Anything? Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. So the the outcomes are different, uh, dependent on the on the behaviours. Fantastic. Yeah. Really good. How about you guys in the in the middle here? Okay. Thank you, Jed. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that difference between being devoted uh, and, uh, and to them just getting together when they could, when it suited them. Fantastic, great. How about you guys in the middle? Anyone here? Yeah, again, kind of the Lord added to their number. Again, that, that sign of that, that growth that's happening. Fantastic, brilliant. You guys, anything that hasn't already been mentioned? They went about their lives as individuals. Again, yeah, really fantastic. Picking up that point about uh, the church being uh, a a family, being a group, rather than being a bunch of individuals who just occasionally come together. Fantastic, brilliant. How about you guys? I'm coming, I'm coming. (laughs) Anything here? Yes. So in the, in, the, in the unauthorized version, it talks about them living kind of selfish lives. They're living for themselves. Whereas in the other one, they're, they're looking out to, the other, uh, to everyone else's interests, aren't they? Fantastic. Jed, go on then. Okay, so, so, so Jed has highlighted everything that's different, and that is basically everything. So, yes, well done. <laughs> Brilliant. You guys, anything here that hasn't already been mentioned? Not really. Fantastic. Well, well done. You've uh, you, you spotted lots and lots of uh, lo- lots and lots of differences there, and I hope that also begins to show you the difference between what the church is meant to be and what, quite honestly, sometimes uh, it can be.
So, so we're going to uh, explore that together in just a, just a moment. Whilst we, whilst we do that, uh, just as, uh, as I'm going to speak just for, 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 for a little bit, if any of the uh, younger people or younger at heart people want to find a way of, uh, of remembering, remembering the difference, so there's, uh, we can, you can make one of these paper chain families and you can uh, decorate it. But Maddie, can you, can you tell me what's, what's in the middle here? What's holding them together? Hearts. That's right. So it's a family that's held together by love. So, uh, so, so if any of the uh, younger ones want to, want to do that as you're listening, please do. There are lots, uh, lot, 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 lots, of, um, uh, lots of templates there. It uh, gives you the instructions. And let's just think about this, uh, the, the, this reading a little bit more. Brilliant. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your words. We pray that it would be in our minds and on our hearts and in our, on our lips. Amen. So since uh, September, uh, we have been looking together on Sunday mornings at our new mission statement, the reason that we exist. So I know that you've heard it week after week after week, so can I, let's, let's say this together. We exist to be and to make disciples who love Jesus as their greatest treasure, learn Jesus as their way of life, and live Jesus for the renewal of the world. Uh, and we've been looking as well at, at seven values, or seven kind of vital signs of this family to show whether we're healthy or not. Uh, there we are. Uh, fantastic. So today we're especially thinking about the church as a family that loves extravagantly. Why? Because the Bible says that if we're, if we're born again Christians, we are God's family. All of us, brothers and sisters to one another. So just take a moment just to look around you. These people all around you aren't just strangers. They're your family. These people all around you are brothers and sisters. In fact, Jesus says that they're supposed to be closer to you than your own families. And like families, uh, that, like the families that we're born into, we haven't chosen them for ourselves, but they're chosen for us, and we're bound together with them. And the Bible reading that we, we've heard, both versions, uh, but the real one from Acts, gives us the picture of the earliest uh, Christians living together as a family. And so in the rest of the time that we have together, I just want to quickly, as quickly as I can, draw out seven uh, aspects of what a healthy family looks like. Uh, I think these are just, here we go, this is where we go. So one, it's made up of baptized believers. Two, it's a devoted family. Three, it's supernaturally attractive. Four, it's a sharing community. Five, isn't just a Sunday family. Six, it's a worshipping family. Seven is an ever-growing family. So that's where we're going. So first, a healthy church family is made up of baptized believers. So the, what's, you've got the, got the reading in front of you. What's the first word of the reading? The real reading. They. Who is they? All the believers. So it follows on. Does anyone remember what happens just before this? You haven't got that in the story, so it's testing your, testing your knowledge a little bit. What happens just before this passage? Does anyone know? 
It's Acts 2. So that... Yes, brilliant. So it's the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit falls. Uh, everyone's... Uh, kind of filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, they're singing, they're praising God, uh, they're speaking in tongues. Uh, a crowd draws around going, what the heck's going on? Have you had a, one too many already? Uh, and then Peter gets up and he starts preaching. Uh, and then they ask, what do we have to do to be saved? And they say, repent and be baptized. And it says that 3,000 people were baptized that Sunday. Now, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't... Um, Amen. Um, anyway, so 3,000 people were baptized um, that day. And then the next word is they. So who is it? They. The church uh, is meant to be a family that, with Jesus at the center. And the way that we become part of that family is by believing and being baptized as a way of saying that we belong to him. Being born into a Christian home doesn't make us part of God's family. Going to church doesn't make us part of God's family. Trying to love God and love other people doesn't make us part of God's family. They're all things that people who are part of God's family might do, but they don't make you part of God's family. What makes us part of God's family is believing in Jesus. Believing that he loves me. Not my parents, not my, not my husband or my wife, believing he loves me, that he gave himself for me, that he's done away with my sins. And the sign that we believe in Jesus and want him to be our king and our rescuer is that we're baptized. Do you want to be part of God's family? Believe in Jesus and be baptized. Second, a healthy church family is a devoted family. A number of you picked this up. Luke says that the earliest Christians were devoted. And again, you, you picked it up as well in these two readings. There was nothing half-hearted. They were totally committed. When they said they wanted to follow Jesus, they meant it. They were, they were like poker players who put everything in on Jesus. All in. And it was a sign of these born-again Christians that they, they didn't need to be prodded or poked to be part of the church. You couldn't stop them. Why was that? What was it that grabbed their hearts so much that they'd continue with dedication to the church? Jesus. Because they belonged to Jesus. They belonged to Jesus' family. And because the church is a group of people whose lives are centered on Jesus, they committed themselves to four things, four spiritual practices to help keep Jesus at the center. What are they? You've got it in front of you. Teaching, fellowship, prayer, breaking bread. So first they devoted themselves to teaching. They learned their Bibles. They sought to know God better through his word. They committed themselves to knowing their story as God's people. You know, so where, we, where we downplay the role of deep biblical teaching, we end up going with the flow of the surrounding culture and forgetting who we are as God's family. And the church, which is meant to be a community that stands in contrast to the world around, ends up blending in until it's no longer distinctive as anything different. 
Second, they were devoted to fellowship. And the Greek word here is koinonia. Can you say it with me? Koinonia. And it means a common life, a shared life. So uh, a few of you talked about how they did things together. That's what that word means, togetherness. They were doing life together as a family. If we're a family, we should make an effort to get to know each other. So you've got, got name badges on. Use them. Get to know each other's names. Get to know about their lives. What are the challenges that they face? What makes them tick? What, uh, and we should also be ready to pitch in to help where they need it. And there'll be more on that later, so hold on. Third, they were devoted to the breaking of bread. So one of the best things that any family can do is eat together, share meals together. And God's family is no different. We all need to eat. Uh, we, uh, and food is a great way of bringing people together. So the church, church's family meal is the Lord's Supper, which we're going to be sharing together in a little bit. And it's the meal that we share in remembrance of Jesus as a way of saying that Jesus' death and resurrection is the center of everything. That's what makes us family, is the death and resurrection of Jesus. Fourth, they were devoted to prayer. The family that prays together stays together. Prayer is how we speak and listen to God. It's how we enjoy God's presence. If, if prayer isn't at the heart of the church's life, then it's not really the church, no matter what we have on the sign outside the door. A church devoted to prayer doesn't, uh, gives prayer the priority. It doesn't just pray about what it does. It does things through prayer, by prayer. Third, sorry, that was a long one, but... I'm getting it. These will be shorter. Third, a healthy church family is supernaturally attractive. And there are some, a few of you who mentioned it over this side, I think. Luke says, everyone was filled with awe and wonders at the many signs being performed by the apostles. In other words, exciting things were going on in the life of the church that could only be explained by the fact that God, the God of the universe, was at work among them. People were being healed. Lies were being turned around. Selfish people were sharing what they had with others. How could this happen? God! And it made onlookers sit up and ask questions. What have you guys got that I haven't? Fourth, a healthy church family is a sharing community. Luke says that the early Christians were involved in each other's lives. They weren't just strangers meeting. They spent time with one another, eating together in their homes. They shared what they had with one another. So at home, in your, in your families, uh, do you uh, kind of, uh, would you say, uh, no, don't, don't have that. That loaf of bread is mine in the kitchen. Would you say, uh, no, don't sit on that chair. You didn't buy that chair. That chair's mine. Do you say that as a family? No. And they weren't like it either as a family of faith. They gave as they were able and were willing to receive help when they needed it. And sometimes, actually, that can be the most difficult bit, is being willing to receive help when we need it. But that's what it means to be part of a family. We give help when we can, but we're also willing to receive it when we need to. They supported one another. That's what families do. 
Fifth, a healthy church family isn't just a Sunday family. Luke says that the early Christians met together every day. They didn't just meet together once a week on a Sunday, much less once or twice a month. They met together as often as they could. They made spending time with their church family a high priority. One of the ways that we can express our commitment to Jesus is through our commitment to Jesus' family. At the very least, I would really, really want to encourage you, and I know that there are lots of pressures, but please make gathering together like this on a Sunday a high priority. And if you're not currently part of a cell group, please let me encourage you to consider becoming part of one. Meet during the week. Where's, where, is David here? Or Pauline? There's Pauline. If you're not part of a, a cell group and would like to be, become part of one, speak to Pauline afterwards. It's a great way of going deeper with, in your faith with other people, getting the support for the joy and challenges of living in the world as a Christian. Sixth, promise I'm coming into land soon. A healthy church family is a worshipping family. Luke says that the earliest Christians broke bread and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. It is Jesus who makes us brothers and sisters. And Jesus invites each and every believer to call God Father. We have one Father. All of us. One Father. And it's right there in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father. Not my Father. Our Father. Since we share the same Heavenly Father, we best express our unity together as we worship together. So, number seven. Uh, a, a healthy church family is an ever-growing family. And again, I know a number of you, uh, you, 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 you saw this. The final thing that Luke tells us about the church family in Acts 2 is that the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. And I think it's some, somewhere in the middle here, vaguely, as well. When you see a very mixed group of people, I mean, just look at us. Uh, here's little Benjamin walking across. From the very youngest, I'm not going to do it this way, <laughs> to the very oldest, there are men here, there are women here. There are people here who've had very different kinds of jobs, very different kinds of backgrounds. There are people here uh, who, have been, uh, grow, who have grown up in church for as long as they can remember, like Tom. There'll be others who had massive, uh, massive changes. God suddenly burst in on their life unexpected. And when you see a group of people like that, so different, but all united around Jesus, praising God, living naturally supernatural lives in the power of the Spirit, practicing generosity instead of selfishness. Wouldn't you want to be part of a family like that? A church like that will grow continually. You know, it's, um, the, the, the pagans who are living in ancient Rome used to say of the Christians, see how they love one another. See how they love one another. A church that loves extravagantly is an amazing witness for the gospel. 
We want to be a church who love each other so deeply that people, your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues, your family members, look at us and say, I want in on that. Do you want to be that kind of family? I want, to, I want us to be that kind of family. So just think about those two versions of Acts 2 that we've heard today. Which of those is more likely to draw a crowd? The second one. How likely are you uh, to be, how likely is it that you're going to want to join a bunch of divided, backbiting, half-hearted, selfish, sour-faced, gossiping Christians saying, come on in, the water's great? What are the chances? Not very high. So which, which version of Acts are we more like, I wonder? Any family in which new children aren't being born is a family that will eventually die out. But the church family doesn't grow primarily through having kids. The church family grows by people being born again, not just by people being born. And that means that as a church, a church that loves extravagantly is a church that loves the lost. Found people find people. A church made up of people who truly love Jesus and truly love one another will want to keep drawing others into it. So let's just have a quick recap. I know, sorry, I said short. So a healthy church family is made up of baptized believers, is a devoted family, is a supernaturally attractive family, is a sharing community, isn't just about a Sunday family, isn't just a Sunday family, is a worshiping family, and a healthy church family is an ever-growing family. So don't shout this out. This isn't, this isn't uh, for, for you to shout out now. How do you think we're doing? And if you're part of this church family, that isn't just about lobbing grenades in from the sides. It's a challenge. Be part of the solution. If we're not doing well in one of those areas, what are you going to do to help change that? Will, will you, as the church family, commit yourself to help making Christchurch more of that second kind of Acts 2 family rather than the first one? But there's also something else here. If you're not yet part of the family, will you become part of the family? Remember what I said, that God has no grandchildren And God has no in-laws. So if you're not yet a son or daughter yourself, we become part of the family. Believe in Jesus. That's all it takes to become part of the family. All we have to do is trust Jesus to be our rescuer and ask him to be our king. Will you become part of the family if you're not already? And you can become part of the family as a, as, a, as a six-year-old. You can become part of the family as an 86-year-old. Become part of the family. Perhaps some of you have never said, never made that commitment to, to being part of Jesus' family for yourselves. Can I encourage you, if that's you, say it today. Do it today. Perhaps some of you have been looking in on the family from the outside for a while. 
come inside today. I'm going to pray now, uh, and if you'd like to make that prayer your own, please say amen at the end. So can I suggest that perhaps for, for this, we just close our, hand, close our eyes, bow our heads, and let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you that you love me and gave yourself for me, that I may be part of your family. I'm sorry for the ways that I've tried to live without you at the center. I want to be part of your family. Please fill me with your spirit that I may believe in you, know you as my brother, know God as my father, and feel in my heart that I am his child. Amen. So we're going to we're we're, we're going to respond in uh, in song together. Now we're going to sing "Jesus Be the Center," uh, and I just encourage you if there if there is anyone here today, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, who would like to be a part of God's family, who's never uh, never made that commitment for themselves, please do come speak to me or one of the prayer ministry team. We would love to pray with you and for you. So let's stand and let's sing together, Jesus be the center.